1: Hockey!
0: My favorite. It's Judd's hockey show.
1: Yeah, I feel stronger. Like I always say now, um, I feel better than before because I had such a long time to recover and just to work on everything on me, like on my good things or my bad things. So I always wanted to be much better and I think like for me I have much more confidence than before and I can see it out there and just feel more comfortable now.
0: Welcome in to Judd's Hockey Show, Zolgad and Declan Goff. As always, that was Wild rookie Marco Rossi, who is taking part in a, uh, a camp that the Wild is conducting with the Chicago Blackhawks at, the TRIA, at their uh, TRIA practice facility in St. Paul. Of course, Rossi missed almost all of last year because of COVID problems that developed into a heart issue. He is fine now, and he is back, but the question becomes, Declan Goff, with training camp set to start next week, are the wild really fine? There are some definite floating questions (laughs) out there. (laughs) And because of that, I have, I have a pre-training camp edition for you. All right, I have five burning wild questions and we're going to start with a, a reckless speculation because it is reckless speculation Thursday. As we record this, it is a reckless speculation, but I don't think it can be completely dismissed given how things are going.
1: Okay, Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready hit me.
0: I will throw out the question. You go first. Okay. At what point would you consider and would you consider trading Kirill Kaprizov, who still is not signed and who evidently he and his agent are going to drag their feet as much as possible, would you ever consider putting him into a trade to try to get a return back from a guy who seemingly wants to sign with you or play for you?
1: First off, before I answer this question, I want to preface before our YouTube commenters and everyone else uh, kills us for even suggesting this. This is just uh, number one, it's reckless speculation Thursday, and we like to talk about reckless things. Number two, it's okay to talk about things that make you uncomfortable. I want actually, that out the record.
0: Throw, actually, this has been
1: thrown out before. And it has been thrown out. We've talked, we've discussed, you and I have discussed it on the last yeah, episode. Yeah, but it's been
0: thrown out. It's been thrown out by lots of folks because this is getting to critical mass. Um, so, so yeah, if you, if you don't like this question, then you don't really subscribe to how pro sports work. Correct. So that's cool. But yeah, this is uh this is not a Judd. I just came up with this question. Yeah. This is actually something that's been speculated on. And the closer we get to this being a clear divide between the Coril camp and Bill Guerin, mm-hmm. the more, at least it has to be, it has to be broached.
1: So to answer the question, it w- it would have to take a lot for me to get all in on the idea of trading him. Um, that would be a doomsday situation if uh, if I were the Wild. The but let's let's get into the pros or the the reasons why they would explore doing this. Uh, I think number one, you do this because you're in salary cap hell. And yes, Kirill Kaprizov's worth nine million dollars a year, but the Wild have dead money, and the Wild are gonna have dead money, and they're gonna have a limited opportunity to compete for a Stanley Cup when these buyouts really kick in in years 2, 3, and 4. So you may as well not bog yourself down any more than you possibly should. That's that's probably the biggest pro to why you would trade Kaprizov because then you wouldn't be paying a player $9 million and it would give you a little bit more space. Um, to enter the actual realm and psyche and the return of what I could be possibly looking for, um, It would it would need more prospects. It would need Um, first-round picks. It would need things that would be cost-effective and high-upside things that would be worth it. Uh, You wouldn't be swapping out bad contracts necessarily. You need to get a return that's worth your while in the long run. I think if everything goes hunky-dory and Kaprizov was here and Fiala is here and you had a number one center, you can compete for a cup right now. But there's still questions if the wow can legitimately do that. So if you're going to trade Kaprizov, it's, it's to not bog you down anymore financially and two, to get a return to reset things, really, as you kind of retool over the next few years when those buyouts are hitting up. So that's kind of where I would be if you were to trade Kirill Kaprizov.
0: So we don't know exactly what's going on behind the scenes, but it seems really odd that a guy who has, right now, he will eventually, has no leverage, is, is still not signed. Um, I don't think it's money. I think I think the Wild is ponying up what they want financially. Now, obviously, if every player wants more, but for a guy who played 55 games and was great, but then didn't have a great playoff, um, I don't think that I don't think the nine million is a real sticking point. I think the term is, which is where this gets really intriguing, and you have to ask yourself: Does this guy want to be here? And anything less than a five-year contract to me makes very little sense. You send him to a three-year contract, he's gone, and and that makes zero sense. So would I consider trading him? Absolutely. I think you have to, I think if he's going to drag his feet and they're going to say, we're not showing up and you know, we're signing, it's three years or the highway. Um, I think you would be, you would be doing yourself a disservice not to explore a trade to see what he could potentially get, especially if you can work a trade with a team that he wants to go to where he then says, Hey, I'll take that. You know, I'll take that eight year contract from them. So I think the closer we get to this being, uh, a situation and I still think he comes back but the closer we get to this being a situation where it appears that they really might be hung up on like a 3 year deal the closer you get to the reality of you have to consider a trade to see what's out there because I will say this I don't think under any circumstances Bill gearing going to do a 3 year contract nope. like I think it's 5 I think it's 5 years mm-hmm or, or something that's going to give here. Yep. Um, and I keep saying, I think the Kaprizov camp is going to have to say nine $9 million or a little bit more per five years will sign, and then after that he, he can take his chances, at which point I think he'd be around 29 or 30. But if they're really saying, no, 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 three years, Billy, that's all we're doing, then he's either, in my opinion, not going to be playing hockey in 2021-22, or he's going to be playing it for another team, and the wild's going to get a big return. So is this ideal absolutely not? Um can the wild just capitulate and say 3 years, sign? No, they can't. Yep. They can't. So anybody who thinks like, oh, they're not going to trade him, they can't trade him. You need to you need to check yourself a little bit here. I mean, this is pro sports and I will say this for Bill Guerin. He's not going to get pushed around. No. Like he ain't going to he ain't going to come back to um Kirill's camp and be like tail between the legs, oh man, I'm sorry. Oh, okay, here's the contract that you want. This is hardball, baby. This is. Um and hardball might include a trade. I don't think it will, but but it's it's more on the table now than I've ever thought previously.
1: I agree. Um it, it's trending in it's trending more the the idea of doing it is is possible. Um I still think it's a I'm more of a doomsday that's a doomsday situation. But yeah you have to consider it. You absolutely have to consider it. And you'd be a fool mm-hmm. not to at least listen.
0: At some point in time is if this continues on and I keep saying it's going to end soon and it doesn't at some point in time, if nothing else. And we're probably to this point, you have to pick up the phone. Yep. Like you got to start to make some phone calls. You have to realize There's no, there's no way if, if they have given you, if uh, Kaprizov's representatives have, have provided you a list. um, I will say this and it's in your conference. So it might not be ideal, but it's not your division. Los Angeles Kings have a long line of very nice prospects uh, and players and high draft picks. Yeah, and my, in my, you know, the Russian players decks like to go where they like to go to to the coasts, right? Rangers, Kings, something like that. So, question number two for you: Okay, better, ro- better rookie season, more impactful. The guy that we just heard from, center Marco Rossi, or fellow first round pick Matthew
1: Boldy? This is an interesting one because I think it's it's easy to say Matthew Boldy because he's been playing hockey more. He seems more pro-ready. Uh, he's older. Uh, th- this would make a lot more sense for Boldy. Uh, but in terms of making a a bigger impact and whose impact would, would help the Wild more this season of hitting their ceiling, it'd be Rossi. Because Rossi's a center. Rossi's the guy that's supposed to be this ace of the whole person for you. Um, even with his health scare and, and, and health problems that he had off the ice last year uh, with COVID, uh, th- there's still some questions that have to be answered there. I liked his demeanor. I liked that he straight up said, I, my goal is to make the NHL. I, I despise uh, cliche hockey answers, um, and it's it's probably the one sport that has the worst of all cliche answers. And even like I, the the NHL commercial during the Stanley Cup playoffs of, it's all about us. It's all about we. It's all about team. I can't stand that. I, I, I like guys that have pizzazz, and I like guys that have confidence. It's why I, why I gravitate more to a guy like Kevin Fiala, because he just tells it like it is, and he plays the chip on his shoulder. I like more of that. So I like when a player like Marco Rossi says, my goal is to make the NHL. I'm ready. I know I can contribute. I love that. Um, but I, to answer the question, I think it's, it's more likely it's Boldy, just because he has a little bit more tires on his tread, and he's ready to basically play in the NHL right away. But Rossi, I mean, if he is indeed ready to go and you've been looking for a center, your prayers might be answered right away.
0: I'm going Rossi. Um, They're going to give him every chance to make this team. And furthermore, I, I think not opening night, but I think they're going to give him every chance to ascend the depth chart very high if possible uh boldy is a winger i really like him i like what he's going to bring i think he's going to have an impact and i think he's going to be a good player but all of that being said marco rossi plays a position that's a one a premium position two it's a position at which the wild desperately needs premium players um and so while the wild Garrett and everson don't gift you a job but I think that they like Rossi enough that they're going to come as close as you can possibly come to to giving him the opportunity. Um, I will say this: a year ago, or not a year ago, last spring in the playoffs against the Golden Knights, I thought Matthew Boldy should have played in the playoffs, and he took he took part in a morning skate or two, but he never played. If that had been Rossi in the same circumstance, Declan, I I think he plays. Mm-hmm. I think that they they would have played him. I get the sense that the Wild. Is is desperate might be too strong. I get the sense that the Wild wants to give Rossi the chance to be the player that they didn't acquire. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's that's the faith. That's that's why they're doing this. Yes, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I thought they should have played Boldy too. Like, I, I, sure. I feel like I feel like they they should have had the same faith in Boldy. I agree. At the time, they were like, well, we got all we got all these wings, and if we're not playing Zach Crazy, how do we play Boldy? To which I said. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> um, but but yes, yeah. so I think it's Rossi. and I think if Rossi's as good as they think he's going to be, it's going to it's going to um, um, eliminate a lot of the fears that we have.
1: Hey, yeah, and I'm, I'm all for that. you know, I know you and I have talked about before that we, we believe in these guys. Um, I, I just think wild fans have to have tempered expectations of what prospects can do, not just in their career, but what you think they're going to do and what their mm-hmm. impact is on day one. And you do have to have a jury out on that and have have some skeptic optimism that, hey, this might take some time.
0: Question number three, five pack of wild questions. Training camp, they're on the ice next Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Love it. Which defenseman, and I'm not talking like way down the depth chart, okay? But which defenseman do you think benefits most from the departure of minutes eating Ryan Suter, which defenseman do you think actually benefits from the departure of Suter? And and I should say this, internal guys. So, yeah, like, like Go, Goligoski comes in and clearly it's going to have you know, it, right. it got him a job. But which current defenseman who was on the roster last year do you think takes even another step up because number 20 is gone?
1: Dumba. Easy for me it's Dumba. Um I think the lot the, the the one that probably comes to mind you think, Oh, it's Kaylin Addison. I don't I'm trying to figure out where Kaylin Addison actually slides into this team right now. Um, he, might not, be on, he exactly. might not be on the
0: opening ro- roster. See, he's bo- he is that's what I'm saying. Rossi, they want desperately to make this team. Yeah. But you're exactly right. Boldy, Addison, like we just assume well, you're gonna play him, right? And they're like, No, we not got yet. some depth there. So you are. That's a that's a really good point.
1: It's it's Dumba. Um Dumba look is a polarizing player. He's an offensive first defenseman. I don't think his defensive warts are as as strong as they once were, or as uh, as harsh as they once were. At earlier, part in his career, he he's he needs some stability uh, with his partner on on his other side. But with Suter basically eating twenty three, twenty four minutes a game, uh, the last few seasons, his minutes have decreased from that, at one point playing twenty eight, twenty nine uh, in his early wild tenure. Um, I think Dumba's game finally hits that next level. Goligoski is, is the plug-and-play option, and Goligoski should be a nice right. player. You know, he's he's older, but he should be a nice player. He's also a good power play defenseman. But I think this is finally, if if Dumba's going to show that, hey, before that peck injury, that this was legit and this wasn't a fluke, the opportunity is now here for Matt Dumba to make that case significantly. So with Suter getting out, I think it's Matt Dumba who actually does step up and finally, we finally get to see this consistently, not this snake bitten, not this bad luck. I think he finally wakes up and does this consistently for the first time since his pec injury.
0: And I do think that the potential combination, which I think we will see of, of Dumba and this guy, little Jonas Brody showing the fans. Yes. I think that combination is going to be really, really good. And, and it's been good. I think it's going to take a step up, but you know who mine is? This might surprise you. Okay. Jared Spurgeon. And here's why. Okay. Jared Spurgeon was held hostage by Suter, who always demanded that he play <laughs> with Jared Spurgeon. And I said this, and I wrote about this like two or three years ago, Declan. I said, hold on a second here. Ryan Suter, veteran defenseman. And at that time, so so Brodine's fantastic. I love him. But... At that time, there were times where they would take Spurge, or I'm sorry, that they would take Suter and put him with Dumba, right? Because Suter could be a stay-at-home, stabilizing guy. And like Dumba's skill set, he'll do things that drive you crazy. But Dumba's skill set is a unique one. Um, and, and he needs free he needs freedom to make plays that might get screwed up at times. Mm-hmm. But that freedom also can make really good offensive plays. But what happened, Declan, every single time? every single bleeping time Souter would whine his way back into a pairing with Spurgeon. Now Suter and Spurgeon are both very good. Jared Spurgeon's a hell of a player. But the issue was I always said this, why are you putting them together? Like like put Dumba at that time, let Brodeen have because Brodeen to me flat out is a better player than Souter. So let Brodeen have freedom. Put him with with uh you know, Dumba at that time, but put him with with uh, Spurgeon at times. You can move that around. Instead, it would be like, no, I got to play with Spurge. I need to play with Spurge. Spurge will do this. Spurge will do this. But you know what that included? That included, and this is where it's going to be, this is where I think you're going to see a step in Spurgeon's game. That included Spurgeon basically being told to be the guy to make sure Suter looked good. So, like, Spurgeon had to do a lot of things that assured that Suter would still look like he could be an all-star. That's gone now. Like, that's gone. So, Spurgeon, Spurgeon I think, is going to play with Goligoski probably. But Goligoski is not going to tell him what he should do. He's not going to make demands. So, I actually think Jared Spurgeon has another, and I'm not saying it's like a huge step, but I think there's another level to Jared Spurgeon's game that didn't get unleashed because he basically had to be Suter's backup. I get that. So so I like your point, and it, it's a great one. And I think as far as the next step, you're probably right. But I'm saying I think that there's another step to Spurgeon's game now that gets unleashed because he doesn't have an anchor around his neck of a guy who's like, I got to play with this guy. Yeah, This is my guy. He's got to go get the puck. He's got to do this. He's got to, you know, that's gone. Yeah. So so and that's where I think the loss of Suter is going to hurt in some ways. There's no question. He is a good player. But I also think that there's an argument to be made that jettisoning him is going to free up people to fulfill what they can do completely more so than than always be tied to, well, Ryan's got to be with Jared. Ryan's got to do this. Ryan has to play. You know, Ryan's going to extend his shift Hey, is that a, a good idea? Ryan doesn't care, you know? Seriously.
1: I got you. Yeah, I, I think Spurgeon um, also had a – he quietly also had a kind of a rough postseason series, too, with Vegas as well. Um he didn't play up to his normal standards. I'm, I'm curious what, what he has to without Ryan Suter. You know, he's literally been here um, his entire tenure since basically Suter got here other, outside of his rookie season. So I want to see what Jared Spurgeon does as well. I, I think that's, those are two good options. And Caelan Addison, yeah, I, I don't bank on Caelan Addison making this roster just yet. I think he has a good chance to, but don't, I wouldn't put that in pen.
0: Yep. I, I think the opening night odds on on the rookies that we talk about the most, I think Rossi makes it. I think number two on that list is Boldy, and then three, Kalen. So question number four, did Bill Guerin make a mistake by not adding a center? A veteran center, I should say.
1: Miss, This is tricky because I didn't want him to overpay for one um, or go out of his way to mortgage a lot of things just to plug and play it. But I, I, I do think it's a, a bad assumption to assume that, Rossi is going to step in and just be that guy right away I I want him to be that guy um, I would probably lean that yes it was a mistake for him not to bring in some type of credible center I think when we hear veteran we also kind of default to older or or up there in age or heavy cap hit and maybe Baby that's part, what yeah. it takes you know to to have a center at, at well, that point yeah. but but um, yes I I think it I think it was a mistake I think it was a mistake to make an assumption that you're going to be able to get Victor Rass to be the same player he was, to get Marco Rossi to make an impact on day one, I would lean that it was a mistake.
0: I agreed with you completely until I saw what the going rate was for Christian Dvorak, which was a one and a two. And now here's my question. So I I am very torn here on this team. So when the season came to an index, I thought to myself, 2021-22, playoff team for sure, going to be improved probably should be in a spot, especially with Kaprizov, to make a run. Now the Kaprizov thing has gone for right now, at least, as we record this sideways, right? And there's more unknowns, I feel like, especially with the eventual salary cap hell that you talked about, that's coming up in the next two to three years after this season. So originally I thought, yeah, go get Dvorak. It's going to help you. He, he. It's not like he is a substantial improvement on Erickson Eck, but he certainly could slot up there with, with Erickson Eck, right? And you didn't do that. But then I saw it was a first and second round pick. I'm not sure if you're going to be as good as I thought. And again, I don't want to be trading high draft picks in future years if you're going to go back down, which I think you are for sure starting next year. So I guess I was, the market, the, what we saw as the going market rate changed my opinion a bit. Because my initial inclination was go get a center like you can don't make Ryan Hartman play there again I, know. I still don't think i you can you can tell me till you're blue in the face how great Victor rask was um and he can play a role, but it's a big time bottom six role, and it's probably fourth line so um but i' become i become much more uncertain of this team I feel like when they lost game seven to the golden knights i was I was much more certain of their track than I am right now
1: right i i know, and with those dead money cap hits too that's where it it can be potentially an issue going forward um yep. yeah and and by, and also they're not in that west division playing those california junk teams to to i mean the wilder were Wild, why were like the second or third team to clinch a playoff spot like no no one saw that coming right away. Um, and the Central Division is a gong show. Like, you know, Chicago and Nashville, I'm not scared of. Chicago got better with Fleury in there. Um, but I'm not scared of Chicago and Nashville. But at the, the Central a, is a gauntlet, man. Like it, it, I don't know if there's one team that is far and away be, the best in the division, but it's, everyone's going to beat up on each other. So to assume that they'd have the same point percentage or same winning percentage as they did last year playing in that West Division is, is kind of a, a poor assumption to make.
0: Dallas improved, right? Mm-hmm. Colorado is now now their yeah, goaltending should once. scare them. Darcy Kemp, I I think that's a huge mistake. Darcy Kemper was, I think, good with the coyotes in part because there's no pressure there. Um, pressure there is going to be a problem, but but they have a great team still. So Avs still really good, right? Yeah. Dallas improved. Um, the Blues are sort of weird. The other thing too is is an you said this about the Blackhawks, and it's exactly right. So, like the Blackhawks, Blues, and Wild, you don't know, but you can't assume that they're going to be bad, right? Yes. So, I'm with you. This division, this division right now is pretty damn strong. And I think the Wild might be a wild card team again because that's coming back. But even that's good. Those points races are tough. So, yeah, it it's difficult to call. And playing and going back to what? An 80 two game schedule playing in the central is a lot different than 56 in a West, which had two great teams, the wild and garbage after that. I agree. Question number five to wrap us up. Wild five bag of questions on the scoop earlier today on a Mecky and Judd score North score, North.com YouTube, all those good places. Doogie mentioned the fact that skating at Braemar Arena without a contract in Edina because he still lives there because he's never going to leave because he loves it oh, here. Oh, God. Eric Stahl. Oh. Okay, okay, Declan, before you, and, and I know, you know what? I would have the exact reaction <laughs> if the roles were flipped and you were a- asking the question. But for a team that needs, that could definitely use another veteran center coming off of, well, a miserable time in Buffalo, but then a run to the Stanley Cup finals with the Montreal Canadiens, would you consider bringing back on a cheap one-year contract Eric Stahl?
1: No. No, 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 no. Um, well, people like him. I, I, I don't care that people like him. I, I, for, no, that's not it. Um, okay. I, if, if roles were reversed and Victor Rask was making $2 million and was on the last year of his contract, would I rather pay old Eric Stahl for $2 million or Victor Rask for $2 million at 28 I would probably, I guess, flip the coin and say, all right, give me Eric Stahl, but I'm also not going to be expecting a whole lot. Uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't have any interest in bringing back Eric Stahl. He was, that signing was great. Bargain bin signing it turned out to yep. exceed expectations. He revitalized his career. Might be a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's borderline NHL Hall of Famer. Um, And and he saved his career a little bit after uh, a a poor ending in Chicago or uh, Carolina. And then that weird that pit stop in New York. So he definitely saved his career and resurrected it a little bit towards the end here in Minnesota. He accomplished a lot. Turn the page. Turn the page. Eric Stahl does not make you better in 2021.
0: Okay. question five (laughs) point one. If you could trade Victor Rask tomorrow for a bag of used pucks and somebody would take him Mm -hmm. and Eric Stahl had to replace him. Would you do that then? because i i like your point about right you know because i i'm with you on on that point so would you if you could you know because keep keep in mind if you could trade victor rask and his contract for a bag of used pucks eric Stahl would probably come back for about five dollars
1: right probably yeah again yeah if it's the same price and i didn't have to eat the money on on victor rask another team takes it off my books yeah probably um but again that doesn't I'm talking about either a center who makes too much money. That's not good. Or I'm talking about an old center who's slow and doesn't make you better. So uh, you're picking a poison. I guess I'll pick the poison that I know better and Eric Stahl, but it, it doesn't, doesn't get me more excited or more optimistic about the, how, how this team looks down the middle.
0: I'm going no across the board. <laughs> I, I'm not doing it. There's no way I find it. Um, if he had never played for the wild and lived here, I think I might consider it right. Like, right. yeah, Let's bring him to, to, training camp and s- sign him to uh, what, what they call a PTO, um, professional trial contract. I'd consider that, but he played here. You traded him. I think he got comfortable here. Nope. I hated that. So I am saying no. Although the idea w- with another player who just ha- happened to be skating at Bremer, who had never played for the wild and happened to play center as well, probably would intrigue me. So I'm a bit hypocritical here, but I just, I can't go down the paths this team have traveled. They've worked very hard to sever those ties, and I appreciate that.
1: I agree with you, dude. It, it, time, time to move on. Move on, Wild fans. Move on.
0: Final uh, final thoughts from you before we wrap this sucker up?
1: I'm just excited that training camp's around the corner. Yes, Kirill, please sign this contract every day that goes by. we the Training camp opens one week from the day as we're recording this on September 16th, and you still have to quarantine. You have to get a visa. You might even have to get a CDC-approved vaccination. There's a lot more hurdles than just you signing that contract. So, Kirill, and our other Russian correspondents and friends who listen to this show, just sign the contract. Ari Gold, your agent, can you just quit playing hardball and make this happen, please? Not as good as Ari Gold was. Not as good as... Actually, I love Ari Gold, and yes, that's... Exactly. I, I put Very effective. On the name.
0: Very effective. Hey, last thing. For, for those of you who are actually uh, have come to watch us, and we appreciate that, does this look like Dwayne Rollison into you, Dex? It does look like Yep, yep. I got this at a uh, sports card shop little Dwayne Rolison. The Wild <laughs> needs to make new ones. Yes. Like, I need a Capri if he stays here. But I need, like, a new one, too. All right, we're done. I think we'll be back. Um, I believe we will now transition into a full-time weekly basis with training camp starting on Thursday. And as I said, the, the Wild's having a TRIA this weekend, a, a prospect camp. They're going to have a couple of scrimmages against the Blackhawks prospect team as well. Boldy, Rossi, all of those guys taking part. So we will be back at least once next week.